Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Howdy! Welcome to another week of motorsports conversation on Race Chaser Radio. This is Lead Lap Radio presented by Victory Custom Trailers. My name is Tom Baker and I will be taking you through the next couple of hours of uh, discussion and uh, all kinds of fun. I am joined in the WSIC studio by a recurring guest. This is his second appearance, sophomore, but he's not going to be jinxed tonight. We're going to avoid that. Howie DeSavino is back with us, uh, a Virginian who is running, we'll call it the second year in the ARCA series, but um, two partial seasons um, for Howie. And uh, Howie just uh, got back from racing at one of my favorite tracks in all the land, Lucas Oil Raceway, previously known as O'Reilly Raceway Park, previously known as Lucas Oil Raceway Park, previously known as Indy Raceway Park, previously known as Indianapolis Raceway Park. I think we got them all. Um, so he raced uh, out there with the Arca Series and had a nice top 10 finish. We're going to talk to Howie. He'll be with us for the whole show. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in uh, NASCAR. Of course, uh, we'll get you up to date on the weekend and um, you know, a couple of the hot topics of the day. Um, yes, I will rant a bit, uh, but that's normal for this show. Joining us in the studio as well, of course, our producer, James Mellick. We call him Red, so does everybody else. And uh, Red is the teardown specialist for Levine Family Racing, the team that Christopher Bell runs for. And dude, that was a spectacular run. And Indianapolis over the weekend, you doggone near walked off with a fantasy win. Yeah, it was a good run. We definitely felt good uh, going in there. And then, you know, you see it on TV, and you don't think there's a whole lot of damage there on the car. But when it came back, we happened to get caught up in that little bit of an incident that happened on pit road. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. But with the damage that car had, we were still flying out there. I mean, we shoved the 11 car to the lead. Uh, one of our teammates. So we had a fast hot rod and thought we had a shot to win that one for sure. Oh, gone well. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I think, Chris's best effort of the year. And again, not, it, it's kind of one of those things he faded a little bit back at the end, uh, but not far. Yeah, I think we had um, a right front going down there. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I wondered about It was a that. vibration. Yeah. I haven't heard or confirmed. It was either a loose wheel or right front. Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't had any time to speak with those guys. So, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, I've got some cars to our news. They raced. We'll talk about that. Tri-Track Modified Series up in New England. We'll uh, run through that. That had a bit of controversy to it. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, just a lot to cover here on this show. Um, we do try to focus on Carolina's regional racing and the, the drivers that are from the region, of which Howie obviously being from Virginia kind of fits that. But, um, you know, we talk about the big stuff, too, and uh, some some things happened on Twitter today. We'll talk about. Um, oh, yes, they did. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, and also uh, throughout the show, um, you're going to be we're going to do something a little different tonight. Um, for those who are fans of Southern Rock and country music, one of the pioneers of Southern Rock, Charlie Daniels, who was one of my all-time faves. I saw him 17 times in concert, twice Holy from the front row. Oh, yeah, big-time fan. Um, I'll kind of tell my Charlie Daniels stories 
a little later in the show. We're going to be playing some of his music. People don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that Charlie actually wrote a couple of songs about racing. He was a huge racing fan and especially a NASCAR fan. And, and, and the, the recent commercials that Bristol's had where you hear it's Bristol, baby. That was Charlie. Charlie narrated those. A lot of people don't realize that either, but um, he was big time into, into racing. And so um, as we get into the program a little bit, you'll hear some of his music. We're going to play High Speed Heroes for you. That was one of the racing songs. Uh, we'll, we'll call that up a little later in the program and um, have some of his music tonight, too. So uh, if you're not into Charlie's music, sorry. Just, uh, you know, bear with us. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really like Charlie, and, and uh, he was a great patriot. Um, so I want to do a little bit of a tribute tonight to him because of his connection to the sport and his love for the sport. He passed away at 83 today after a stroke. Um, boy, oh, boy. That is a huge, huge loss for the music world. Okay, um, so... We'll start uh, start off talking to Howie a little bit here. First of all, um, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me back. Come on. Well, it's great to have you back. Um, for those who may have missed your first appearance here, where are you from? I'm from Chester, Virginia. And how old? I'm 19 years old. 19 years old. And you race for? Wintron Racing. Okay. And you race in? The Gator Outdoor Truck Series in Arca. Okay, you forgot the Gander RV. You forgot the RV oh. part. It's not. It's not Ngots anymore. It's Ngrots. The it, it's it's the NASCAR Gander RV outdoors Outdoor truck series. See, um, so but yes, you're doing a split schedule now. You were supposed to make, and, and I was so excited for you because this is always fun for a young driver when you can do this. You were going to make your truck series debut this year at Richmond, which is kind of your home track. Um, and of course, uh, virus came and swept that away. Um, but how, how exciting was that when you found out that you were going to get to make your debut in that series at that track? That was pretty awesome because, you know, I figured out I would have all my fans come out to where they can come and not have to fly out and to come see me. And uh, everyone could just come and have a good time and I could give them a show. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the virus came and uh, I was racing four months later. So I haven't been in the car for four months until this past weekend. That was, uh, I've talked to a lot of drivers and, and uh, of course, most of them spent a lot of their time on sim running racing and doing different things like that. How much of your time did you spend doing a lot of that? Did you get into the leagues? Kind of how did that work for you in terms of what you did during the break to kind of stay in focus? Yeah, I, I joined a league. Uh, Jordan Anderson uh, made a league called the Icebox Truck Series. Oh, Jordan uh, Anderson's league. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I was running, running in that. That and, makes uh, sense. You're in his shop. Yeah, and yeah. unfortunately, you know, we got wrecked in every week. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it was you got fun. wrecked every week. Yeah, I did. Did I Jordan ever wreck you? No, I actually wrecked him one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that that can be tough because you're sharing you're sharing a shop. Yeah, we are sharing a shop. Yeah, so you kind of gotta you, know, you gotta be careful. He's he's a quasi teammate. Uh, but uh, that's interesting that you actually got to experience some of that. Those it was it was amazing to me how quickly all of that just like blew right up. You had. I mean, probably 20 or 30, even more, probably different leagues that, you know, Jordan had one and 
Landon Castle had one, and different people started their their own leagues in different situations. But that must have been fun. Who were some of the other guys that were in that league? Because that had a lot of drivers in it, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of drivers like uh, Anthony Alfredo, uh, Austin Ooh, Wayne Self. Pasta. Um Even Kyle Busch was in, in one race. So oh, that my. That was pretty cool. Me and him got into it on accident. Uh, oh, <laughs> I accidentally, uh, obviously, I didn't give him enough room, and then uh, he drove me into the wall. So that Is that was, his version of the story or yours? I'm good. With that was my version. Um, <laughs> I mean, he he's really good at iRacing as well. Uh, there were just so many people that that really were in the race. Um, you, you know, it was it was just crazy. Like Chris Nekas was in some of them. Oh, cool. So it, it was it was a stout group of people. You, you know, I've said this all along you can hate kyle or you can love kyle and very few people are in the middle you're either one extreme or you're the other um so you can either hate him or love him but that driver he is so talented and the reason he is is because he knows the cars inside now everything he drives he knows how it goes together he knows how it works and so that's why the other day he was you know, he started anticipating yesterday the that he may have an issue with the right front, and thankfully that never happened for him, but two of his teammates ended up with that situation. So, big time. Um, you know, thank God for safer barriers, um, because I'm sure that both Denny and Eric, among others, have serious cases of what we call racer's rheumatism today. In other words, they're sore as crap. Um you know, but, uh, you know, it, if, if the safer barriers wouldn't have been there. Oof. Um, but, yeah, so Kyle avoided that. But the fact that he could detect that. Um, so, you know, when he's, and even with the sim, he's gotten to the point. He worked hard at it. He's good on dirty. He's good on pavement. He has a ball with all of it. I mean, there was a bunch of wrecks yesterday that, that I thought were super hard hits. I haven't seen those type of hits in quite some time. No, absolutely not. Um, and we'll, we can we can talk about some of that. Actually, we'll we'll just kind of launch into um, a bit of a recap of of yesterday's race and get everybody's thoughts. Um, obviously, a, a huge win for Kevin Harvick, who became my pick after one of the other bombshell news items of the weekend. Um, Jimmy Johnson um, finding out that he tested positive for COVID and is now out for at least a couple of weeks. Um, and I had picked Jimmy and so had Nick DeGroot in our fantasy pool. So we both got to rechoose and I chose Harvick and he chose Martin Truex and I won and he didn't. Um, and so we, we like picking on Nick because he won the, the virtual Indy 500. So now he's a big star. He's a motorsports.com motorsport.com writer, but He's a big star now in sim racing because he won that. So we like picking on him. Uh, and he was ahead of us by about a day and a half before the break. And since the break for COVID, um, not so hot. Randy has gotten hot. Jacob's gotten hot. I've got a win. Nick hadn't done so good. So <laughs> we, we enjoy picking on Nick to group. But yeah, I chose Harvick and ended up winning. And boy, you just, I mean, how can you, you know, we'll, we're going to, we'll talk more about this after the break, but how in the world can you question Kevin Harvick's standing in NASCAR? The man just won his third Brickyard 400. I mean, that's a crown jewel event. It's one of the hardest to win. He's done it three times. Um, and he really had to work for it yesterday. That turned out to be the best Brickyard race I've seen in quite some time. We'll get everybody else's feedback and talk more about that and about the weekend in general. Um, 
when we come back on the other side of the break. More of the show in a moment. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio, presented by VictoryCustomTrailers.com. We'll tell you more about them uh, a little bit later on in the program, but suffice it to say for now that they are, uh, they are a, it's the place really to go get a trailer. If you're going to, if you want a newer used trailer, you can, that's where you go. Just, uh, if you get a chance while we're doing the show, just, uh, keep us, uh, keep our volume up and wander over to victorycustomtrailers.com. The coolest thing about their website, you can actually 
buy, you can design your own trailer right from the website. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, we'll tell you more later on about them. My name is Tom Baker. Howie DeSavino has joined us in the studio for the second time um, this year, I think, right? You were here back in, I want to say February or March was the first time. Maybe it was April. Um, it wasn't yeah, it, before it was, the holidays. I think, it was, I, think. I think it was January because yeah, it, right it, after the holidays. it was right after I announced that we were racing yes. trucks. Yep. Uh, right after the holidays. So, yeah, and second time in the studio for Howie uh, competing in the ARCA series and um, hoping to get uh, at least a couple of truck starts this year, right? You're looking at multiples or are we just looking at one for right now? I think that we're looking at multiple. Uh, we just don't know when yet. You know, everything's switched around. Yeah, it's so. been crazy. It's uh, The scheduling has been a nightmare. I don't know how NASCAR has done it, to be honest. And, of course, Red is with us, James Mellick, keeping us on the air, um, audio and video. And uh, James uh, somewhat gloating over Chris Bell's great run over the weekend, and he should be because that was a heck of a... That was a heck of a run for Christopher. Um, if you missed our last segment, James, the teardown specialist for Levine Family Racing, and um, basically the car came back intact for you. Yeah, pretty much came back intact. Yeah. A little bit of damage, not a ton, but uh, at a big track like that, you would expect any kind of damage to be a big problem. Yeah, and it really wasn't. And it, I mean, we were fast. We were pushing cars to the lead, and uh, had a very strong finish. And um, you know, just. I think it was tires. I don't really know what it was. If it was a loose tire or if it was a, a tire going down like the 11 had. I mean, at the end of that race, which caused us to pit and not get quite the finish we deserve. But all in all, when you look at the positive, it was a great day. We had a great day at Pocono. Yep. And we are really starting to build as a team. Well, you've had a few. I mean, in the last, let's say, four or five races, you've had several really good runs. Yeah. You just haven't gotten all the results that you might have wanted. It and and you know again we've talked about it. Some of it's Christopher still needing to learn, but some of it's been out of his control or your control. Yeah. Um, and so it, but your your speed is definitely there. We're fast every week. We you go know, to the racetrack and we're we're right there with the Gibbs cars. When they're up front, we're up front. When they're not having a great day, we're not having a great day. I mean, that's very few and far between. Most of the time, the Gibbs cars are running very, very strong and very fast. They build yes. very good pieces of equipment over there, the Toyotas that go to the track. Um, and we're running them just as good as they are, and Chris is showing that he can go up there and run with them. 100%. Um, it's just, you know, we're not quite there yet. We are getting there, though, and we are showing that we are there. So let's start with kind of a big-picture uh, review of the weekend. First of all, my first round the table question: What did everybody think of the double header concept? Do we want to see more of the double header concept? So I guess that's a two part question. I'll start with you, James. I liked it. I thought it was uh, interesting for sure. You got to see the Indy cars perform on the same track that the Xfinity guys performed on. So you got to see the way that both cars technically got around the track, as in how they got to drive, how different they were. And then at the same time, you got to watch them run on the on the big famed yeah. Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So I think getting to see two different types of cars get around that technical road course and then see the big cars have a great race at the Motor Speedway, uh, the big track was a phenomenal weekend for them, and it couldn't have went any better. Okay, Howie, what were your thoughts on the doubleheader? I definitely agree. I, I I think that it really just uh, I mean, it shows how you know both both cars get around the track. So I, I definitely agree with, with what he said. What, what was your what? What do you think was the best race of the weekend, Howie? Definitely the Cup Series. 
I you really did? do. Yeah. Malik? I thought the cup race was good, but that Xfinity race was tough to beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were two. Hands they were down. three wide coming to with what was it, two to go or something like that. I mean, yep. <laughs> they were moving. Around. I mean, that was a race. You had, and then just to put matters right on top of it, you had two guys from Indiana finish one two in that race. Yeah. So that there, me being an Indiana guy, that sh- just means a lot to me because if I ever was a race car driver, that's what I would want to do. I would want to win in Indianapolis, and those two had a shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought the IndyCar race, and I knew it would be. I don't like that road course. I never have for the IndyCars. They've never put on a great race there. Um, they get fanned out. It becomes a strategy race. Now, have we not had that late race caution? Um, I think you probably might have seen a different winner. Uh, because Graham Rahal certainly likely would have would have won on strategy, but in terms of just passing and side by side racing, there isn't much on that course. And I wondered how the Xfinity cars would do on that course, and they absolutely just it was off the charts amazing. That race was a throwdown like we used to see years ago in Cup. And rarely do anymore. And the aggression level in the last 10 laps was just amazing. I mean, Sendrick and Almondinger and Briscoe and Gregson and Haley. Um, Chase, that team is like a Timex watch. You know, there was an old, you probably don't, won't remember this, Howie. It's be, be probably before your time. But, you know, they used to have Timex watches. Their slogan used to be, takes a licking and keeps on ticking. You get Chase Briscoe down, and that boy just keeps coming right back. And he's had, I think, out of his five wins, I think three of them, maybe even four, have been comeback wins after some sort of a mistake or a, you know, a, a miscue on pit road or whatever. Um, you just can't keep that boy out of victory lane this year. No, he is fast. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's at least three, like you said. Two of the at least two of the last three have been. Yeah. So he's had a very strong year, and he's he's got a lot to fight for, and he's trying to prove, you know, hey, he's ready to go cup racing. Well, he said at the beginning of the year he thought he needed to win eight races. He's over halfway to, there. Yeah, he's already <laughs> got five. It's like you know, uh, and I don't think there's a, look if dear Stuart Haas, really. I mean, look, I know it's hard to let somebody go and you got to do that to make room for him next year if you're going to do that but you can't keep this guy out of out of one of your cup cars i mean he is he is by far and away ready to go to cup and i i would i would probably give it a 90 percent chance that you see him in a Stuart haas cup car in 2021 so who would you say is the one or two drivers that are out of a ride over there i know the big one being rumored is the 14 with clint well, Who would you say the other one could potentially be? If Clint wants to return, I think he does. I th- I think Almirola becomes the guy. You're not getting rid of Cole Custer. Yeah, you're not. Cole, Cole, Cole. got connections. Um, you know, his dad basically runs the joint. Um, so, and, and and that's not to take away from Cole's rather Cole's earned. That he had or a not. good day as well. He did. I I said last week. Well, I've been I mean, waiting a lot of the rookies for the did. breakout day for Cole Custer. And boy did he do that on, on Sunday. He did a great job. Um, you know, finished the race in P five. Um good run for him. Very, very good run. But I think Eric Almarola, if you're if you're gonna you know now it's tough because Eric you know, Eric has Smithfield, and you don't want to give away a funded driver, but then we don't know Smithfield's future. And I say that I'm not 
I'm not giving you insider information. I'm literally saying we don't know. Smithfield got bought out by a Chinese company. We don't know if they're going to stay beyond the end of this year. So a, a lot depends on what I believe if Clint wants to return, they'll keep him um, because he's also running well. You know, he's not always, he's not getting all the results, but he's running well. I mean, he's had blown motors and things happened a couple of times when he's been up front. So um, I think Clint stays if he wants to, but you gotta, you gotta bring Briscoe up. Um, and if he doesn't go to Stuart Haas, remember Briscoe is a Ford development driver. That's what I say. Where do you think you could go? If so, he didn't? you know, if Ford wants him in cup, they'll put him somewhere. So, you know, third team at Roush, um, you know, Penske? maybe an outside shot at the 21, um, I mean, Matt, uh, Matt's got a one-year deal. And, I, say, and I didn't know his contract there. He's got a one-year deal. Um, and gosh, I want Matt to stay in that car to grow into it because the results will get better and better. Um, you know, obviously he made a huge mistake yesterday uh, at the end of that race, but he was also running very well. So it, it's a... It, if Ford wants him there, they'll find the spot for him. Stuart Haas is basically just, you know, they obviously got him. I would say they probably have right a first refusal, and I would argue that they would be the logical place for him, you know, but who knows? But he's just that he's on fire right now and doing a great job. Uh, that was a good race. But uh, getting back to the cup race, and, and we'll come back after the break uh, and, and talk more, but. Um, but, you know, how he mentioned during the break, Matt Kenseth. Finally, we saw Matt Kenseth up front. Great run. He did. A really good run. Yeah, he did. And, and again, this was a track that Matt's, he's, this is his fourth second place finish at the Brickyard. I mean, that that's just not fair. That's kind of like Dale's Daytona deal. Maybe not quite as bad, but, um, but you know, you get sloppy seconds just so often and you're like, Doggone it, let me win one. And um, there was no stopping Kevin Harvick yesterday, but Kenseth definitely ran well. Amarola third, um, you know, making his case uh, a little more difficult for next year um, to, to let him go if you wanted to. Keselowski fourth and Cole Custer fifth. And then you look back through the rest of the top 10, Kyle Busch sixth, Michael McDowell. Front row motorsports, man. They have accelerated their program big time this year, seventh. Reddick eighth, another nice job for him. Bubba Wallace finished ninth, did a nice job. Um, he needed that. And uh, Joey Logano rounded out the top 10. Um, then it was Elliott and your guy, Chris Bell. Yeah. 12th place for Chris. Yeah, we were excited about that. Yeah. Wanted a little bit more, but yeah. um, you always want more if you don't come home with the trophy. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that everybody wants one more spot or two or three or wants the hardware. I mean, that's what yep. it is at those crown jewels. It's You want that trophy. Yep, for sure. That was it. Was a really interesting race. I mean, it, it came right down to the end. That's all you can ask for. Way more entertaining than the last handful of brickyards have been. So, uh, I thought it was a great race. We'll talk more about uh, the other races of the weekend and talk more to Howie uh, when we come back as well. More of Lead Lap Radio presented by Victory Custom Trailers right after this. 
Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us him and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. All right, back in the WSIC studio, Tom Baker, James Mellick, and our special guest of the evening, Howie DeSavino, uh, ARCA racer out of Virginia, runs for Wintron Racing and um, had a ninth place finish at... Uh, Lucas Oil Raceway over the weekend. Um, what was that? That must have felt pretty good because, again, you don't get to race too often, and you've been what four months? You said out of the car to come back and and uh, and go of a ninth place run at Lucas Oil Raceway early in your kind of return must have felt pretty good for you. Yeah, for sure. We we were looking for a top ten as it was, anyways, yep. and so uh, when we actually got a top ten, we we were very happy with it. Uh, like I said, we've been racing four months, 
So four months of no practice, nothing besides eye racing. How much then, practice did you get at uh, Lucas Oil over the weekend? Four to five minutes. Wow. <laughs> now, again, we talk about no practice in the Cup Series, but those guys are the pros. This was, what, your fourth national series start? Yes. You want to call it that? I mean, I know it's the E-Series or whatever, but um, it's your fourth professional start, and you had 45 minutes of practice. And I don't think you'd been on that track before, have you? Or have you? Last year, I'll, you I was? ran there, you were? Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's not an easy track to get around. No. No, very flat. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to get around there. Because you, you think you need to go low, but you can't go low because then you can't get off. you got to kind of ride high. around the high side. Yes. And, yeah, it's hard to pass. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very – it's a three-quarter mile track. Now, what kind of lap times were you running? I believe I was running like 22.6 or 22.7. I went out there for the Indy Summer Nationals a couple of weeks ago. And the Super Modifieds, the Midwest Super Modified Series, were there, Wing Super Modifieds. Um, and Mike McVetta, who ended up winning the race, set a series, not a track record, but a series record. He was just a skosh off the actual track record. 18.2 and change. Yeah. What were the uh, musty sprint cars running? I'm just curious uh, on what they were doing. I think the fastest was high 19s there. High 19s? Yeah. Um, Maybe mid-19s, but yeah, 18.2 for the Super Modified, so four seconds faster. Picture running that track four seconds faster than you were. I can't imagine that. I, uh, I, I thought it was going faster. I bet I you'd like going. to, though. It's, uh, you know, I always, I always tell people, um, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of younger drivers, and I always say, you know, if I ever hit Powerball, um, you'll love me. And they're like, why? I said, because I would buy a Super Modified just so that all of you, I wouldn't, you wouldn't race it necessarily, but we would have a place where we go can go test and let you just feel what it's like to drive a wing super modified once. Um, they are the most exotic short track cars on the planet. So it's very, very, um, very, very interesting. Uh, the difference in speed there, but I bet you felt like you were going a million miles an hour. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it was really flat, and they yeah. have humps in the track, so you feel like you're going to slam right into the wall. Yeah, and uh, it's just a crazy track. I mean, it's really hard track to get around. So, where did you start? I started eleventh. Okay, did you qualify or did you draw? We qualified. You did qualify. Okay, so you qualified eleventh out of how many cars? Uh, I believe it was like twenty or twenty-one. That's good. That's a yeah, good, you know, good. for for where you, yeah for where you're at, and you ended up ninth. So you you had a you had a pretty consistent run. Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely had a pretty consistent run. It was a it was it was a good overall day for us. You were telling me earlier though that you had some problems with your seat. Talk about that. Yeah, my uh, I was sitting too low in my seat, and uh, the car was a little tight. So when I was steering, it was it was cutting into my arm, and I lost circulation in my arm. So my arm went numb. So like down straightaways, I was like flinging my arm around, trying to get circulation back. And uh, when I got out of the car, I, I mean my back was sore because I was just using my whole back because my arms were just numb. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny, but uh, it hurt at the same time. What kind of seat do you run? I mean, I'm an interior guy. I do tear down. I was just curious. You run like a carbon, aluminum with an insert, or what do you run? We had aluminum. An aluminum seat with an insert? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. you're going to have to get a new insert port, I'm assuming. Or is it just the height where it was too low into the car? I believe it was just the height, so, so we stuck, like, foam under it. Okay. Yeah. He, that's, uh, he came down a little early today and went by the, the race shop and had that adjusted, right? Yeah, that's we, we definitely got that adjusted. Race you have to, you could, yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm racing in two weeks, and I, that cannot happen again. Where yeah. are you racing? Where's your next race? Uh, Iowa. 
Ooh. That'll be a fun one. It's going to be hot. Now, have you run? Well, yeah, but it had to be hot in Indy the other day, wasn't it? It had to be 90 or close. Oh, yeah, it was, no, it was 90. Yeah. It was humid. Yeah, it'll be the same in Iowa probably. Maybe a few <laughs> degrees hotter. But um, but have you run that track before? No, I've never run that track before. That track is, you got like five different grooves. I mean, everybody that runs it instantly loves it because it, you can always find a way to make your car work there. There's always a place to make the car work. So you just, you, you gotta, you kind of, you know, hopefully you'll get a fair amount of practice there, but probably not. That's kind of the, but you know, you kind of want to try everywhere you can because, um, you know, you, you can, you can feel what it's like to run the various grooves. And then if you have to move around during the race, but yeah, that's a track. Rusty Wallace helped design that track. A lot of people don't know that. And, um, of all the things Rusty did in the world of motorsports, that may have been his best accomplishment because that track rocks. And I'm I'm really hoping that we see a cup race there next year. I'm really hoping for that. Um, so yeah, I think you'll have a good time with that. What's what uh, going forward out of you know what what do you know right now in terms of what your schedule is going forward? All I know right now is that we're going to run Iowa and Kansas and Arca. And those are okay. the only, only two races that I have scheduled, really. Um, but if I ever know any more, I'll shoot you a text or I'll come on the show. Yeah, come back. That's what the show's for. Um, so TBD as far as trucks, but you're gonna you're going to run at least one or two truck races at some point in the year. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we will see, and that'll be your debut. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it'll have to be a short track of some sort, like a Martinsville or Richmond. Yeah, it was going like to be Richmond earlier, okay. and then they scrapped that. So. Um, yeah, be interesting to see where where that uh, happens. Um, just trying to think where you could do it, and and uh, of course I'll go blank. So we'll we'll just move on. But suffice it to say, you're going to have some fun in a truck before uh, before the year's out. Okay, so we'll talk we'll talk more um, with Howie about his career as we go through the show. Uh, I want to get back to the discussion of the NASCAR weekend because we talked about the Cup race, but. Um, we we talked a little bit about Xfinity, but oh my goodness, that race! Um, if if there was ever an appropriate way to use the word delicious when you talk about a race, that race was delicious. I mean, from start to finish, it was interesting, but the last um, probably twenty laps of it were just amazing. And you look at the way that they finished, okay. Chase Briscoe gets the win. Justin Haley comes from fifth place to second place in the last 10 laps of the race, um, which makes up for what happened last week with last race with him. Um, Noah Gregson ends up getting a third. AJ Allmendinger, who was second at one point, going for the lead, ends up fourth. And Austin Sindrick, who was just a dominant car for, for a, a good bit of the race um, ends up finishing in the top five, but you had Ross Chastain in sixth and Justin Allgaier in seventh. And both of those guys also were right up in the mix. Um, but that the top five in that race toward the end, I mean, Howie, you had to look at that and go, Okay, you guys are racing on a road course. This isn't Bristol. Yeah, that was definitely. I mean, they were beating and banging off of each other. It was uh, three wide. It was good racing. Incredible. I mean, you know, James, you say you watched the race a little differently. 
um, you had to be watching that race going, thank God I don't have to tear down any of those cars because they were all on the verge of destruction for about 10 laps at the end. Yeah, when you go to a road course, you usually think, all right, well, they got 2.6 or 3 miles or 4 miles in between each other. These guys aren't going to beat each other's fenders off. And then they come back and they absolutely are destroyed. And they do the same thing in the cup cars because at a track like that, once they get spread out, they're so far apart, you can't make a move. When you get that caution and you're bunched up, you have to go. And they use them things like they are wrecking balls if they're fast. They will make a hole and go. Everybody was talking about a Chip Ganassi racing sweep of the weekend. Well, it ended up being Stuart Haas. It was Briscoe's third, um, sorry, it was Briscoe's fifth win of the year. And it was also uh, the second time we've gone to, that they have gone to a new road course Second time in a row, and Briscoe's won. First time was at the Roval. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. Um, and here's, when you talk about road courses, here's a little nugget to, to think about. New York State has just canceled their state fair Ooh. for the year. Um, it is not because of current COVID cases. It's because the state fair, at least this is what they say, because the state fair draws them such a wide, they've they've got a list of states that like, and, and we were one of them. North Carolina is one of them. If I want to go home to New York to see my family, I have to stay two weeks. So they make you quarantine. So he canceled the state fair. The state fair is the biggest money maker now. My bet is that means no fans at Watkins Glen. That means they're probably going to cancel. The yeah, Glen. The Glen always sells out. I mean, didn't they sell out the last two years, like if not three, three or something years, like that? I think three the Glen. Maybe one of the longer. ones that have sold out. Yes, consistent sellout there. Um, NASCAR has said if the Glen doesn't go, they've got another Roval lined up. Where's that one at? Daytona. Oh, boy. We're going to go to Daytona in place of the Glen if the Glen event gets canceled. How much fun would that be? Now, yeah, oh, it would be, That's gonna be a wild It would race. be interesting to say the least because we've never done it. So we don't know if it'd be fun. It would be the the idea of it would be fun. It would be fun to see how it works out. Now, I hate losing the Glen because the Glen's always one of the most exciting cup races on the circuit. But and and you have Arca and all the other series that run there. But um, I can't see now NASCAR. I think in theory would go run it without fans. We've been doing it everywhere else. But I don't think Cuomo is going to allow that. I really don't. Because where is probably more than half of the NASCAR garage from? Here. Yeah. They can't quarantine for two weeks in New York. We got other races to run. So I, I, I'm not giving you a news item here. I'm giving you something to think about. Watch for, for an announcement about Watkins Glen could potentially see that swapped out with Daytona's road course. And oh boy, would that be fun. Uh, We're going to take a break back with more right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color 
correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. So Jesse Love was on the show last Thursday on our Motorsports Madness show. Um, he's just uh, come off a win in the Arkham Menards West Series uh, on the road course, of all things, at Utah Motorsports Campus. Um, and so we had Jesse on our show last week, and uh, he's picking up steam rapidly in the Arkham Menards West Series. I would uh, say that Jesse's got a pretty good shot at winning the championship if he can just uh, keep up what he's doing there. So uh, good run for Jesse and uh, was fun to talk with him about it on, um, on the last week's show. And uh, he's actually in town this week for a couple of Toyota related things. Part of the, uh, he is a Toyota racing development driver. So um, Jesse's in town this week uh, here in the North Carolina area. But uh, anyway, back to the show and back to conversation about the weekend, because it's kind of fun with uh, Howie DeSavino here to uh, get his take as a young racer coming up through the um, the ranks and uh, get his take on what happens on the track at these various events. We talked a little bit about Xfinity. Um, that race just blew my mind, honestly. The last 10 laps were as exciting as anything I've seen in a long time in NASCAR. And I 
would any would either of you disagree with me that right now at this moment the Xfinity series is putting on the best racing in NASCAR's national series? I completely agree. Uh, I mean, they they really are uh, putting on a really good show. It's it's unbelievable, James. Really. Yeah, I believe the Xfinity series is really putting on a lot of good races, uh, and a lot of that I believe honestly is the race length. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I mean, you saw it with us in those Cup races. Our really really good races at Pocono were the short races, and they were yeah. really really good. I think it has to do with with race length. I mean. And I don't think you change some of the races, obviously. Like, you don't change the Brickyard, you don't change Daytona, yep. you don't change the 600. But a few of these races, if you were to change the race length and make the drivers have to go from the start, I think it would change the racing in the Cup Series as well. Yep. I wonder what would have happened in that race had Justin Haley had about three more laps because he was coming. I don't know if Briscoe was just going as hard as he had to or if that's all he had, but Haley was coming. Once he got to second, he pulled right away from that group. Yeah, he was he was on a mission for sure. He wanted to win at home just like Briscoe did. Both being Indiana guys, they knew what it meant and how it would mean to them to yep. win at home. And the uh, the fence climb, Chase Briscoe that climbing awesome. the fence again. As you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Briscoe, an Indiana boy, um, picks up the win. And 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 again, bec- it, driving for Tony Stewart, Stewart Oz Racing, and does what Tony did years ago and climbs the fence. That's awesome. Of I mean, course, uh, Tony's great remark was, I'm getting too damn fat to climb fences, so he stopped. <laughs> um, Briscoe doesn't have that problem um, and uh, had no trouble climbing the fence, but then said it, uh, it's very difficult. He was tired. Uh, I'm wore out. That fence climb will take a lot out of you, he said. But uh, And then Harvick did it the next day, did it yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah. And Harvick maybe he's in great shape, but you yeah. could make the case that he may be a little old to climb fences. I don't know, but uh, he sure drives like a twenty-year-old. I'll tell you that he because he had to work for that one. I heard him on the broadcast talking about was it Harvick they were talking about when they said he thought he could drive into his forties, fifties, fifties because yeah. they said it was more mental than it was. Yeah, just he made the point now. that yeah that the way the cars drive and that's kind of what I talked about earlier with them. They are so stuck to the track, um, and the arrow is such that it's far less physical to muscle those cars around than it used to be. Um, and of course you could go all the way back and, and say, you know, well, and, th- and a lot of people do when you start comparing errors or whatever, well, Jimmy Johnson wouldn't have, uh, this guy wouldn't have been anything in the seventies. Those guys didn't have any power steering. It's, it's kind of the old, you know, your parents say, you know, we had to walk to school 10 miles uphill both ways in the snow. You know, I don't um, understand that. How can you walk uphill both ways? Yeah. I asked a guy that at work <laughs> yesterday, I was like, how do you do that? Like, where I, do you live? At? I think both ways sort of became part of the comedy part of that. But I think the you know the, we always we you didn't have it. always hard. Every generation thinks that they have it had it harder than the generation that comes after. Oh yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. But but in this case, yeah, there were no power steering, and it's funny because we have um, Hunter Smith is a recurring guest on our shows from Fit Stop Performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hunter, you know, we, we, we talk about with Hunter and I always say, you know, it's interesting if you look at sort of the archetype profile, literal profile of the look of a, a 60s or a 70s driver, okay, they were big, beefy, you know, men, you know, that because you had to be, have all that to be able to 
do, you know, drive the car for 500 miles. Then Jeb Bodine brings power steering in. And I think that's one of the reasons you'll never see him in the Hall of Fame. Because I don't think some of those old timers ever forgave him. You know, because again, it's like, you know, it's too easy. Um, but, um, you know, he brought power steering in. And of course, as you got to the 90s and the arrows started creeping in, then the prototype of what a NASCAR Cup driver looks like changed. You know, Jeff Gordon, it became, and now they're all, you know, um, kind of look like Howie. Um, you know, they're, they're all, they're, they're, they're more jockeys. I mean, these, these drivers, Jimmy Johnson looks like a lightweight compared to, say, Buddy Baker or Tiny Lund or, you know, whoever back in the day, Cal Yarborough had, you know, biceps and triceps the size of, you know, with like Hulk Hogan, 24-inch pythons. But, you know, but it doesn't mean Johnson's not strong. It's a different type of yeah, of, of physique. Of yeah, yeah, it is exactly and what it is. So it's funny if you look at the different eras, how that's all changed. And I don't, for, for me, I don't, like to me that doesn't, I respect that those drivers had to do that. But I don't think it makes them better drivers or more manly just because, you know, I mean, the, the, Jimmy Johnson is driving what he's driving, you know. But the fact that you take a guy like Tony Stewart, who Tony Stewart's never going to be, you know, a, a center spread in Men's Health magazine, right? Um, you know, maybe, you know, f something to do with fast food. But, um but Tony, I mean, he's obviously much stronger than he appears. But again, he can drive these cars. He doesn't like them because he likes the old driving style, um, you know, driving off the right rear and all that. That's kind of how he was brought up. But, um, but you, you know, it doesn't take the same kind of a, of a driver. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to think about all that. And so when you look at it in that context, you can understand why Kevin Harvick would say, that I think I could run into my fifties in terms of the actual physical. He could stay physically fit that long. Okay. Now, but there are other things, you know, your eyes, for example, your reflexes, everybody has that point where that starts to deteriorate. And so, you know, I would, it would be really interesting to see how Kevin stay around a while. And he might. If he keeps winning, I don't see him getting out of the car. Yeah, I want to go back to that point. Like you were just talking about the fitness. I want to yeah. jump on that real quick. Uh, back in the day, like you were saying, those guys used to just go pick up big boulders and just yeah. carry them. Nowadays, the big thing is CrossFit. Well, yeah, and it's yeah, a different tires. Exactly. And, yeah. It's a it's a different kind of fitness. You're still strong. Yeah. Like if you ever shake one of those old timey race car drivers' hands, they oh will almost gosh. crush oh, yeah. your hand. And they're not even trying. And, yeah. And the, I mean, there's nothing mean against the new guys. They still have good grip strength, but those old guys, just the way they had to muscle right. the wheel. Yep. And then the power steering when it came in, it just created it for the drivers to be so much more fluent into the corner and just create that arrow like you were saying yep. that's what that did yeah it's completely it's a completely different deal so okay we've got a driver here howie what do you do to keep in shape i go to the gym almost every day do you what kind of yep. gym just regular gym just regular gym regular uh, lifting gold yeah got to do uh you know cardio uh i, I really focus on cardio because you got to be able to breathe while, while you're in the car see that's the key right now you're not trying to be the biggest guy you know you're trying to be the guy with the most the most um what, what uh 
I'm drawing a blank on the word, the most win, the most, I guess it stamina. is cardio, but stamina most and, and ability to get through the race. Um, and of course, you know, you, you probably, do you do anything other than the gym? I mean, you live on a farm. Is there anything that you do on the farm or at your house that kind of goes along with that? Talk about that a little bit. I mean, we do all, all sorts of stuff. Like we'll uh, cut grass, you know, with the tractors. You have to fix the tractor up and there's, we got to work on the farm, you know, fixing stuff out, out there. So that, that also plays a big key role. Yeah. Um, as Just well. out in the heat too. Oh yeah. Spend a no, lot of time out in the heat. Out in the heat. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it all matters, and it's, like I said, it's a different kind of fitness now. Um, but it's, and so I, you can't, I don't think, you can compare fitness or whatever from era to era, but to me, I mean, people try all the time. Well, Dale was better, Jimmy was better, you know, whatever. It's like, look, they each were dominant in their eras. And, um, and again, here's Jimmy Johnson, who's probably, I would argue, could be the most fit guy in the garage right yeah, now. He's, he's really fit. You know, you run, he runs marathons. Right he, after a race. He you runs know, marathons right yeah, after a race. Yeah, does a lot of uh, mountain biking. I mean, he, you know, um, he, he, he breaks Junior and some other guys that you'd think would also be in good shape. But um, Jimmy outdoes a lot of them. And, and he's, I would argue, he's still as good as he was 10 years ago What's changed are the cars. And so I think that's why he's getting out. And you know what the saddest part? Uh, by the way, for those of you asking, he has no symptoms. He was diagnosed with COVID. He has zero symptoms. He's asymptomatic, but they got to keep him out of the car simply because obviously you don't want him in the garage spreading it to everybody else. So away he goes and he did not get it at the track. He got it from his wife. Um, who's who's not been at the track? Yeah, that's the thing. Like you were saying, you got to keep him out of the track, right? Because I understand he's still wearing a helmet. But when that car gets back to the shop, how many people come in right. contact with it? How many people come in contact with it directly after he climbs out of that car? So um, I mean, yeah, you got to keep him out of the car to Side be safe note, for sure. Yes, he was masked all the time. At the, the masks don't necessarily prevent transmission. Get it? So yes, he's uh, he's out of the car for a little bit. Um, but the 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 heartbreak for me in that whole thing, he was supposed to test a Chip Ganassi Indy car at uh, Indianapolis this week on the road course. Oh, did I ever want to see that happen? Um, hopefully, they can reschedule that for when he gets back. We'll be back with more of the show right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you follow Tyler on Twitter? I, I do not. Oh, my gosh. For those of you who are listening or watching the show... If you don't follow Tyler Ankrum on Twitter, you are missing something. This young man is hilarious in a very sort of sneaky and dry sort of way. Um, while you're sitting here, grab your phone, Howie. Go to at Tyler Ankrum and scroll down. You'll see exactly the tweet I'm talking about. Tyler went out on his boat over the 4th of July on Saturday. Did you see the tweet read? I didn't see it, no. Go pull it up. I'll have pull to Pull up Twitter. It. I just we, heard he was out on a boat. Yeah. I, I um, can only imagine. Wait, wait till you see the outfit. Um, only Tyler Ankrum would pull that off. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing at Whoops, I think you went by it. Um, nope, I guess you didn't. Scroll down. Um, it, it's there. You'll see it. You'll know it when you get to it, unless he took it down already, which I can't believe he would. Um, you may have to go to his Instagram. It was on his Instagram. Maybe he didn't put it on Twitter. Um, but if you go to at Tyler Ankrum on Instagram, you'll see it. He has, (laughs) I don't even know what they call the things, but they're like, it's one of those, like a, a, a one piece. It, it, it's like straps over the shoulder, but it's like the the overalls. Yeah. Like turn around, show it to Melek. There it is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, classic Tyler Ankrum. So I, I, that was to me, that was the tweet of the day. Um, and Tyler's totally okay with it. Like he, he's comfortable enough in his own skin to where he has no problem doing stuff like that. And it's made him very popular on social media. Um, and for those of you who don't know Tyler, you may confuse him with, uh, Caleb Lee Hutchinson, who was the runner up in American Idol a couple of years ago. Um, 
they are almost identical twins. It's really funny. But anyways, back to the show. So we were, we've, we've talked about the Xfinity race, the IndyCar race, honestly, for me, just kind of, um, it was okay. I mean, I don't want to say it was terrible, but it certainly was not the, the highlight of the weekend for me. They just don't do a lot of passing on that course. It was, it was okay in terms of strategy, but it wasn't, um, to me, it wasn't, it, it just didn't, it wasn't fantastic. Um, the, the, the other weird thing about this, about seeing this race was that normally you see this and a couple, and, and then a week or so later, we're running the Indy 500. So this ran on the 4th of July weekend. And because obviously of COVID, the Indy 500 is still going to follow it, but by like a month. Yeah, just say like a month you know, from now. Over a month, actually. I think it's like the now. 20th I don't know. I don't know much information on that. Are they going to allow them like a week, like they normally do, or is it just going to be come in there, get one shot to practice? I mean, one qualify, maybe one practice, one qualify and race. Or how's it going to be? As far as I know, they're going to condense it into like a week. So they're not going to do like two or three. So weeks it's not going to be a week. month like it typically is, or two or three weeks, whatever. It, it it's going to be condensed. Um, and they're going to run, um, the, there is no in freedom, uh, 100 because the Indy light season is canceled. Yeah. They canceled it just like the minor which league is sad because that's usually a race that's every bit as exciting as the 500, at least at the finish three and four wide at oh, the finish gosh. for the last two or three Unbelievable. years. Um, but the 500 is still coming up because of COVID or uh, if it weren't for the virus, we would have run that Memorial weekend and been done with it. But I love the concept. And again, you guys can chip in, but I love the concept of that group of races on the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like for the fans because it's so hot there. Oh, it is. It's really you know, hot. It, that time. I mean, 90 plus, you know, it's, it's hot. Um, we didn't have fans this time, obviously. And before anyone asks, the Indy 500 is half capacity. Which is still going to be 150,000. 150,000. That's yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, so it's half capacity. But um, but I think there's a tradition there. And now here's my here's my next question. Would you like to see more of the double header idea at, at other places or no, James? Yeah, I, I don't mind seeing it. I mean, they did it with the trucks and the Indy cars at Texas a couple times. It seemed to work out. And I only see it working out better if you bring the cup cars or the Xfinity cars there. So I'd love to see it. Both series can benefit from it. Yes. Okay. Uh, thoughts, Howie? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that uh, it, it's a great idea. Um, it, it makes it better so that we can all, you know, see two races in, in one weekend for each series. Where should we do it next? Where, what's, what should be the next IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader, Howie? Hmm. If you could put it anywhere you wanted to, where would you put it? I really don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'll put it. James? Um, I got two of them. Um, one of them would be the Roval here in Charlotte uh, because you can run all of them on the Roval if you want, or yep. you can run them all on the circle track See, if I, you I want. See, I would just run or, them all on the Roval. Or split it. Or, um, or Daytona. You could put some on the big track. Maybe Ooh. maybe do like... Indy like, cars at Daytona. You could run them on the big track possibly. I mean, they're going to be flying. but Whew. Or you could run them on the road course and then put... 
everything on the road course, or you could yeah, put. Yeah, I think you'd have to. Or you could, you know, just mix it up like you did at Indy. You see, I don't think you can mix the Charlotte Roval because of the way it's set up. Like because one of the considerations is the what they call what do they call those things the the um oh the turtles turtles yes the teenage mutant ninja turtles that they put down okay those are temporary at charlotte they're permanent in most places on the indie road course so the rumble strip kind of looking so the the yes so it you'd it would be impossible to split and do it on the same weekend so if they're coming to the roval you'd have to run them all on the roval to me yes please um, I love Daytona's idea that the, the idea of Daytona, I don't, again, I don't know how feasible that is. Um, I would imagine Daytona would be more similar to Indy where it, it's a permanent course, but the logistics would just have to be worked out right. But, um, gosh, I mean, to me now it's interesting too, that you really focused on road courses, you know, I'm thinking, where could we do this and put everybody on an oval track? Phoenix. Uh, yeah, you could do. Well, IndyCar runs Phoenix, so yeah, or they did. Um, that could, that's possible. I'd like to see the whole thing at Iowa. That'd honestly. be nice at Iowa. Yeah. I don't know how you'd pit everybody, like where you'd put them all. Um, but Iowa's a, a track with a lot of grooves. You know, I think Texas would be good. Um, you know, if you wanted to put them all in the oval, Charlotte would be fine. I think the mile and a half would be great. I know the IndyCar series is scared to, you know, I'd love to say Fontana, but um, I know that would go over like a lead balloon. Why not um, do a, a short track like Nashville? I, the IndyCars have a tough time on the shorter tracks. That's the thing. Like, they were going to run Richmond too this year. And I, I actually was kind of looking forward to seeing how they would do on the three quarter mile, but you got to get Indy cars are built to run. They're like race horses. How would you feel about gateway then? They got, I mean, it's still a short track. Sort of. So, yes. But it's, but it's, long it's, I think it's just over a mile isn't it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little over a mile. You could do that. That would be another good track to do. I think. Um, but you, when, even when you think about, in uh indycar or indianapolis you've got a dirt track there you could bring some dirt stuff in but this is what i would love to see and i said this last thursday let's do one here at the roval or here at charlotte okay you're gonna take the arca cars and the trucks and you're gonna put them on the dirt track run them thursday night well, you'd have to do this over like a week because you can't. Oh, okay. Okay, because I'm not nearly done. Okay. The World of Outlaws come. The World of Outlaws late models come. The ARCA and the truck series, truck races both run dirt on the dirt track. You take the Indy cars, the truck, or the Xfinity cars, and the cup cars, and you run them all on the Roval. That's, that's a lot that's, of racing. Yes, it is. That's what you would call a festival of speed. You'd probably need two weekends for it. But holy cow, would you get some attendance for that? Can you imagine running a dirt track truck race at Charlotte? Uh, I mean, it could happen this year, potentially. I'm not trying to say they're taking well, Eldora away, but if well, it's TBD, I think that it's they, TBD from what I've okay, still heard. They've still, okay, and they haven't. If they still wanted to run a truck race and they didn't go to Eldora, Charlotte is right in the back door. Well, so they could go to Charlotte and still run that truck race. So I'm not saying Eldora is not happening because I don't know. Well, it's it was. It, I had thought that I had heard it was canceled. I know Knoxville is, 
But um, oh no, I'm talking Knoxville but, Nationals. Knoxville, uh, the um, the Dream. Sorry, oh, the, the Eldora Dream. Dream yes. My bad. I'm I'm getting confused. The Eldora Dream was canceled. So that would tell me, I think that of course they could run the truck series without fans, but that that's I don't know that that's been in its July. So I mean, it it's supposed to be coming up. So I don't yeah. know. You know, I know that the. I think the two ARCA dirt races, now I keep hearing flip-flop. They're on, then they're off, then they're on, then they're off. But, you know, the ARCA series is used to running two dirt tracks. So if the fair, the two fairgrounds tracks in Illinois don't run them, you can then, go to Charlotte again, you know, bring them to Charlotte. See, I wanted to see that, that happen because we got the All-Star race upcoming, which I want to get to in a minute before we get back to Howie. Um, you know, the we got the All-Star race coming up at, at Bristol, I wanted when it was still at Charlotte. I thought, well, bring Arca back, bring Arca over there because they were scheduled, and you know, and maybe we do something with the dirt track. Um, but obviously, we we moved the All Star Race to Bristol, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. Um, but it kind of changes that whole equation now. So um, interesting, you know, thoughts to think about as far as where else could we do these these double headers, but I'm pretty sure that with Mr. Penske in charge of pretty much all things IndyCar at this point, I'm pretty sure you're going to see more of this. Yeah, I think we'll see some more of those. I, I mean, they're fun to watch. I enjoy watching them. I See, I think the Milwaukee Mile would be another great place to do it. Yeah, too. you don't hear much about that anymore. Or you but could yeah, do it at Road America. One. Road America would be another. Yeah. I think if you can do a road course, I think that'd be a great road course to, to do. So there's, there's a lot of different places we could go with that. Back with more of the show right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Back on Lee Lap Radio, presented by Victory Custom Trailers, and we're going to tell you more about them in our next segment, but uh, we are talking racing here. We've spent a lot of time talking about NASCAR and the weekend, because it was a big weekend. First of all, it was a holiday weekend, um, and we hope, by the way, that all of you had a safe and happy Fourth of July weekend, um, but it was, it was a milestone in motorsports, which is why we're taking the regional show and spending so much time on the national stuff. It was a milestone to have an IndyCar, NASCAR doubleheader. That has never happened before at the same track to have Cup there. Okay, that's never happened before. We see, you know, the trucks roll with the Indy cars here and there or whatever, but we've never had all of, uh, we never had NASCAR's two top series plus the Indy cars, and it was an Indy. Um, so this was a test run, obviously new to the schedule this year, nothing to do with COVID. Um, they had moved Indy to the 4th of July and took the traditional 4th of July race at Daytona and moved it to the end of the regular season. So the cutoff race at the end of the regular season is at Daytona as the the Pepsi 400 or whatever it is now. Um, and uh, see... It's going to get very interesting. There's going to be drivers who are in who just say, I'm going to go back here and ride. And there's going to be the love, ones that just go for it. I mean, I couldn't love that more, honestly. It's going to be fun. Because to me, what makes... The what what makes it interesting is that you have the point standings going into Daytona, and you can come out of Daytona with Justin Haley making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it gives I mean, everybody. it wouldn't be Justin because you got to finish the top, you know, thirty in points, and he obviously it, wouldn't do that. But but what I'm saying is, you could have a Michael McDowell that ends yep. up getting into the playoffs because he won at Daytona. On the it last gives day. you a realistical chance to everybody that's not in when you go to Daytona. Yeah. Like when you would go to Richmond you knew that it was pretty much going to be the guys who were in the chase running up front, and that was that. Now you go to Daytona, and you have guys that are finishing up front, like you just said, Michael McDowell. We have a shot to make it, which we have a shot to win pretty much anywhere this year, I believe. But the smaller guys have a shot to make the playoffs, which means it's just going to be that much more fun to watch because everybody's going to put all their cards out there and go for it. 
Absolutely. I agree. Okay, quick nugget here. Um, and, and I guess this, look, we, we can't avoid this. So, and I, I've never, those of you who have known me a long time, I've never been one to shy around issues. I'm just careful how I discuss them sometimes. Let's start with this part. Viewership of Sunday's NASCAR Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis on NBC was up 46%. Versus last year's race, averaging 4.370 million viewers. Um, and it was the most watched event on TV on Sunday. Now, and even if you cut that in half, just I'm just saying cut it in half, make it 25%. Right. B just because the people aren't able to sit there, that's still 25% up. That's right. what I'm saying. Just take the 25% away if you want to do that because there was no fans in the seats. You're still up 25%. Exactly. So, Okay, so <laughs> that inevitably leads us into um, the tweet that popped out, I think it was this morning, I'm scrolling down and trying to, yeah, uh, 11 hours ago, whenever that, I guess about 7 or 9 a.m., whatever it was, it was this morning anyhow. President Trump, um, look, again, I don't, I try to stay away from politics on these shows but just for those, because I'm about to discuss one of President Trump's tweets, I'm just going to put it out there so you understand. I am generally a Trump supporter because of what he's done in the country and for the country. I do not approve of everything Donald Trump says. And sometimes it's one of those facepalm moments where it's like, dude, if I could advise him, it's like, go ahead and type it. Okay. But before you hit send, turn off the phone. Um, that's, that's kind of where, and this one comes straight out of that mindset. Here's the tweet has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, <coughs> excuse me, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax in all caps that, that and flag decision referring to the Confederate flag ban, um, has caused the lowest ratings ever. Okay. So, understandably, um, most of social media immediately went off the chain, which is exactly what he wants, by the way, just so you know. Um, let's dissect this in a non-political way as best we can, shall we? First of all, let's just look at facts and, and facts versus fiction and look at this. Um, first of all, has Bubba Wallace apologized? Uh, I'll get to that part in a minute because I don't think Bubba has anything to apologize for. Um, to all the great NASCAR drivers and officials, blah, blah, blah. It, okay, it, now let's get to the, the, the part where he says, just another hoax. Everybody's saying this was no hoax. I would totally believe that this was not a NASCAR hoax. It was not a Bubba hoax, but I want to present some, I want to lay out something I laid out on uh, one of our madness shows a couple of weeks ago. I'm just going to lay it out here. I'm not going to editorialize on it. I'm laying it out. So you understand some facts here that you aren't hearing anywhere else. So the owner of Richard Petty Motorsports is Andrew Merstein. Andrew Merstein owns Medallion Financial Group. And he just hired the lady who was the auditor for part of the Clinton Foundation. 
Okay? Now, let's also consider that Steve Phelps, who is now the top dog at NASCAR, his previous job was at a company called Wasserman Media, who, are, who have very close ties to the Clintons. Now, when you, when you look at what, what has happened over the last six weeks or so, from that perspective, am I going to say that somebody didn't do something? I mean, you, you look at the noose. So somebody from the team saw the noose. Well, if you realize, if you look up and you can see that, okay, this pulls the garage door down, you say, well, did somebody do that for Bubba? Okay, for, for a minute, I get the excitement. Now, if I'm Steve Phelps, I'm getting my guys together as soon as I see this thing. And before I do anything in the way of alerting anybody from the outside, I'm doing all of my due diligence and I'm trying to do my best to figure this out and determine if it's anything, because if it's nothing, which is what it turned out to be, the noose was there last year. If it's nothing, then you don't alert the nation. You don't call in the FBI. You simply decide amongst your group, this is nothing, no reason to explain it to anybody. It was just a mistake. Somebody thought it might have been something. It was nothing. So we move on. My question is, why didn't they do that? And even after it was found out that this was nothing, Steve Phelps said this. My only regret is that I didn't put the word alleged into the alert. My question would be, how does that change the fact that you shouldn't have? Why did you feel the need to put the alert out in the first place? If you thought there was danger to Bubba, wouldn't you have wanted to contain it before you alerted the nation? So I look again, I'm not going to ask either of my colleagues to comment on this. I'm, I'm just putting this out there as me and you can be mad at me or not mad at me or whatever. But I want people to understand that when Trump comments on this and uses the word hoax, Trump is not silly. Trump sees this the way a lot of the rest of us see it. And we wonder, we just wonder because at the very least, it was a huge blunder of um, of, 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 uh, the way that NASCAR handled it. They, they totally, uh, totally messed it up. And so, you know, I, look, I, I, the tweet was stupid. Um, and Trump should have never made the tweet. I, I will totally agree with, with that. Now, I don't think Bubba should apologize, but I would, I'm wondering why we, why the best NASCAR has done is to say, well, we should have put the word alleged in there. And that's where I'm going to leave it. And you guys can, you know, but I want you to understand that there, there may be a little more context to this and I'm not insinuating anything on the part of the team. I just want the whole sort of scene to be set here because it does give you pause to think about things a little differently. So I disagree with what Trump did. And, and I have no, it, no issue with Bubba Wallace in any of this right now um, because Bubba is doing his best to speak, uh, uh, you know, to, to what he believes and what he thinks. So um, I, just, I just do feel like that 
a lot of people are looking at this, and because they found one, or according to Adam Stern, they allegedly found one at Sonoma of the same type of thing. It's like, guys, it shouldn't have taken you long to figure out that this really wasn't anything, and there should have been no publicity whatsoever, and you should have accurately walked it back and called it what it was. It was nothing. It was nothing. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Okay. Um, moving forward uh, or backward, uh, uh, whichever way you want to want to talk about it, um, we look at the weekend overall. And I think, again, the highlight was definitely the Xfinity series. We look ahead on the schedule. And, man, I feel like both IndyCar and NASCAR came out of that weekend, even though the race wasn't that great for IndyCar. Both of them came out of the weekend. The ratings were huge. Everybody's excited. And we got the Indy 500 coming up still. And we've got a lot of big-time NASCAR racing to do. Um, you know, we go forward from here. Uh, we got 30 seconds. So, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a break here. And then we'll pick, up, pick that up on the other side. We're going to talk about uh, we'll talk with Howie a little more. We're going to talk about Charlie Daniels as well when we come back on Lead Lap. Stay tuned. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even RaceCom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. 
But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Speaking of uh, Hunter Smith and Fit Stop Performance, there's one of their one of his clients, Spencer Boyd. And uh, I must admit, Hunter has done wonders with Spencer Boyd. I think Spencer's down about 20 pounds. And anybody that knows Spencer knows that Spencer, if you know me too, Spencer and I have one big thing in common. We love food. Um, and uh, so he's got Spencer down, I think, about 20 pounds. And he looks great, honestly. So uh, um, if you're in the Charlotte area and, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> James Mellick is, uh, our producer is looking at something on, uh, what, are you, what were you looking at that had you laughing so hard? Well, I was bringing up, a uh, video here that I was asked to bring up for you. Well, I don't and, want a video. Uh, I just want Well, to... it's the audio of it, but it's a, okay. a video of it. Oh. And an ad popped up, and it happened to be one that said text for Trump. And we just got off the subject of oh. Trump talking, so <laughs> I was laughing because the coincidence of you were talking about Trump, and then, bang, the ad was Trump. So I was laughing about the coincidence. Well, <laughs> if you don't think your devices listen to you, uh, that's a good example. That's right what there. I was definitely laughing at. But uh, I'm, I was—I thought you were going to say it brought up a picture of Spencer Boyd. I was going to say that that's really too. crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're if you're in the if you're in the Charlotte area, um, and you are looking for somebody to help you to get into better shape, I highly recommend Hunter and Fit Stop Performance. Um, yeah, I've actually I've worked out with Hunter before. Have you? He, yeah, with, okay. uh, with Austin Terrio. He's uh he knows. Oh, that's right. Austin's stuff. another. Yeah, I forgot yeah. Austin worked out with him. Um, he's got a bunch of drivers. Joey Gase is one of his clients. Corey LaJoy. Um, he's got a bunch of them. And and Hunter Ryan does Vargas. a great job. Yeah, Ryan Vargas. Um, Ryan was on last uh, Monday's lead lap and. Uh, that's another great personality, and as soon as uh, we can get him in the studio, because Ryan does this, he did this, started this series, his own sort of podcast, video or vlog, or I guess video podcast, you'd call it, uh, called um, The Chicken Nuggy Report, and and what it was, was he would have a guest, and you would go to some restaurant and just chat with each other and and you would um you would try their chicken nuggets and then you'd rate the nuggies and and that was so we're we're going to set up a live chicken nuggie report uh on this on this show uh or maybe motorsports madness at some point in the near future with ryan but anyways um you know i i i will recommend hunter uh very much because he works really hard and his programs are really tailored to the driver or or to you he's a very good trainer yeah too. he doesn't it's not off the shelf he designs everything around what your goals are and all that he's really and he's he's so energetic um i've worked with him a couple times um he um, I think he was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, I've had a couple trainers. Uh, one of them turned to drugs and alcohol. It was not funny. Um, but uh, no, it it. Uh, I, I'm going to be calling Hunter up pretty soon and getting back to it. Uh, now that our facility is open where I live, so I can get back to work. But um, you know, he's just good at what he does anyway. So I wanted to throw that plug in for him. Um, okay, so what is to come? Um, 
for NASCAR, we go to Kentucky. And uh, this is one of my favorite facilities in all of the NASCAR schedule. And it has an interesting wrinkle this weekend. We've got an Xfinity Series doubleheader. Um, Saturday ends. Or, uh, better check the schedule here. Because um, I had a debate with myself earlier and I never did get to look to resolve it, whether it was Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday and survey says Friday and Saturday. Uh, hang on Thursday and Friday. Uh, hang on. Yeah. Thursday and Friday. Um, we have um, NASCAR Xfinity on Thursday and Friday, both in the evening, eight o'clock starts. Then we have on Saturday, we have, um, two races. two races for, let's see, we've got, oh, pra- sorry, practice for the Arca Menards series, the Menards then the race. race at 2.30, and then the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, and Grotz takes the track at 6 o'clock in the evening, then we got a cup race on Sunday. So we've got Xfinity Thursday during our Madness show, apparently. How dare they? Um, and then Friday night at 8 o'clock. And then uh, we've got a truck race and a um, an ARCA race on Saturday. And then we've got the Cup on Sunday. A whole lot of racing at Kentucky. Um, Howie, how, how bad would you like to be in either the ARCA or the truck races at Kentucky this weekend? Anything to get back in the car. <laughs> Melick, what do you think about Kentucky as a facility? I get mixed reviews from people. I, so I, I like it. it. I think don't. it's a good track. I think it's I a really too. good mile-and-a-half racetrack. I mean, it's got character. It's not one of the ones you just go out there and you just hold it down and just drive it. You have to actually drive it as a driver. It's got character. Yep. It's got bumps into three. It wears the tires. They get loose. And a driver's got to be a driver. I like it. And I love this about it this weekend. Um, Arkham and Nards at noon gets their final practice. Do you know what final is for Kentucky? One. <laughs> it's their only practice, um, and there is no practice for any other division. So they'll probably get, I guess, maybe probably a 45 half hour. 45 minutes. Half hour, 45 minutes. minutes. Yeah, probably. I would think so if, if we got 45 minutes up in uh, Lucasville. I'm pretty sure that. And by better. the way, you may ask, why would they give ARCA practice and nobody else practice? Because ARCA has a bunch of young guys like Howie that don't have a lot of experience. That's why. So you want to give them time to get used to the track because what you don't want is you don't want seven cautions in the ARCA race the first six laps. Yeah, I mean, they could um, be strapping into a 3,500-pound car for the first time. Right. And that exactly. drives way different than a late model. So they, they, they're going to give uh, – you know, we can talk about that. Uh, so, they're, yeah, they're going to give them a, probably less than an hour of practice uh, and then run their race at 2.30 and then the truck race at 6. Um, so compare the late model, because that's where you came from, Compare the late model to the um, ARCA car for us. They're so much different uh, based off the, you know, how much they weigh. You know, a late model weighs a lot less. And, and so going into the corner, if you thought a late model pushes hard, imagine a ARCA car. I mean, they, they will go in there and they'll shove you straight to the wall. I mean, they have really good brakes on them. So if, if you want to stop, you, you can stop really good. Um, the throttle control is the main thing uh, with the ARCA cars. In a late mile, you can just get off the gas and hit it really hard again. You can't do that in an ARCA car. You'll spin out. And, uh, yeah, you guys are on – you guys running the radials in ARCA? Or you're yeah, on, they yeah, run that's radials. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's part of the difference because you're running bias ply in the late mile. And also arrow. I mean, in late yeah. miles, you don't have to really deal, deal with so much arrow. But then, like, in ARCA, you actually have to, like, d- yeah. deal with that a lot. So 
it's a big difference and, and it's really fun though to to get into something else and learn all the everything that goes on with it now this is something i want to ask is there's as a driver and you've probably only got a couple races so most we're saying this is second year and um almost said xfinity in arca do you feel the arrow on the car do you feel like when you get arrow tight arrow loose can you feel that yet into your uh driving time in those yeah, I have. I, I, at Phoenix, I, I did. I had to pop out a uh, headlight so that I could keep the, the nose down, and uh, it'll pull you forward. I mean, you, you'll, you'll definitely feel it. You'll feel it if, if someone gets right on your door, too. Um, it, it, it's a big difference from, you know, what I grew up with. It's um, it's a very, I think for, for a lot of drivers, it's a pretty big change. Like when you first, your first ARCA start or your first ARCA practice or ARCA test, I feel like it's kind of almost opposite uh, like two extremes is it not i mean when you the first time you got in an arca car were you not were you not like holy cow this is i need to be careful with this one yeah no, i i tested my arca car at uh hickory and that and Ooh. i didn't i didn't know that uh that we were going to race four weeks later at elko <laughs> so we were <laughs> which seeing, is why you tested at hickory and yeah, not so, some other tracks so we were seeing if i was you know good enough to be in, in arca and um and I, I went out there. I mean, I drove it just just like I would a late model, and I realized really quick they aren't late models. And uh and so we went out there, and I, I learned more and more and more about how to drive them. And they said, "Hey, do you want to race Elko in four weeks?" I said, "Yeah, let's do it." So uh, yeah, so that's where I got my first start. <laughs> Has there ever been a driver you've ever known, Melick, that turned down the opportunity to go race an Arca car anywhere ever? No, they're like. Uh, I can race. I mean, unless you're okay, Kevin Harvick and somebody asks you, then you're going to probably say no, unless you're at Sonoma, and then Will Rogers is going to beat you. But um, but other than that, uh, you're you're uh, uh, you're not going to turn that down. So, no. Um, and Elko, by the way, must have been a little bit of a culture shock too, because that Hickory is comparable, but it's not quite Elko. No, Elko is a very hard track. You have to arc out the corner yes, so much, big time, and. Uh, I, I went into the race confident, and then after the first few laps, I, my confidence went down because I was like, <laughs> wow, this is so much different. Yeah, reality sets in pretty quick, doesn't it? Yeah, reality really does. But that's, you know, that's part of learning, right? You're just, you're still in that phase of learning what the car needs and whatnot. So that's why going out and finishing ninth the other day was great for you because the whole goal is to finish with the fenders and wheels on it and finish in the top 10 because you can't learn anything if you crash out on lap 12. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's exactly what we did. We had no scratches, nothing. And uh, we came home with a clean car and uh, top 10. Where did you run? Was it Dick? Was it Daytona that you ran and got crashed out? Where where did you run and get crashed out earlier? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, that's right. Yep. Okay. I knew it was one of the early ones, um, and that was not your fault at all. Um, no, You no, know, no. just one of those racing situations. Accidents. Yeah, no. it was a racing accident. Um, and uh, it, it was, you know, that was a tough deal. So I was happy to see that you just got through that race without uh, having to, um, you know, to, to, to uh, get off on the hook. Cause that's no fun. Uh, and those short track races in Arca can be awfully tough too, because you Especially got some scrappers race. there. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that race a little bit. Just got a tidbit, um, about, uh, the NHRA that I want to pass along too. as we, uh, we're going to go to break just a few seconds early, James, cause I want to come back and, uh, we're, we got a lot to do in the last segment. So, uh, hang on. We got some news coming right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. 
because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. He may not outrun his heroes, 
But you prove he's here to stay Nothing's on the asphalt Men with nerves to steal Okay, we're gonna we're gonna play the rest of that uh, at the close of this segment. Uh, that was part of High Speed, the song High Speed Heroes. Charlie Daniels, one of my heroes growing up, um, and uh, so yeah, just uh, take note of that, James, and give us the time at the end of the segment to hit that. Um, but uh, that song was one of two racing songs that Charlie wrote. Of course, Charlie passed away uh, today of a stroke at the age of 83. Good boy. I just, um, man, uh, it's a gut punch for me. Charlie, what, the first album I ever bought with my own money after I started delivering papers was Charlie's 1974 Fire on the Mountain album with the South's Gonna Do It and uh, Orange Blossom Special and Caballo Diablo and all those songs on it. Um, just... I was a huge Charlie fan from there forward. The devil went down to Georgia, came out in 79 and that put him on the map. Um, And uh, that song still, in fact, that song is so legendary. They actually created a sequel called the devil comes back to Georgia, which was Johnny cash, Travis Tritt, and a number of others, including Charlie. Um, I think it was officially a, Johnny Cash release. I'll have to look it up, but it was kind of an all-star lineup that did that song. And, uh, Charlie kind of gave it his endorsement. He just loved, um, working with other collaborators and did so often through his career. Um, the man, the man was, I think he, he brought the fiddle to the forefront and he did. it wasn't just about country that, that, you know, there's, there's, I could do a whole show and play Charlie's music and show you that he could play, he could adapt a fiddle to any kind of music there was, including the Star Spangled Banner, which is on that same album that this song comes off of called Redneck Fiddling Man. Um, look it up on Spotify if you want to. Uh, it's it's a fiddle version of the Star Spangled Banner. It's beautiful. Uh, but we'll, we'll play the rest of that. That song was a NASCAR tribute song. Um, man, I just... Um, that's two gut punches for me this year because everyone knows that, that knows me knows I'm a big rush fan. And, uh, Neil Peart, their drummer passed away earlier this year. We didn't even know none of the, none of us fans knew he was even sick. He kept it real quiet. Um, died of geoblastoma. Um, so, you know, being a drummer as I am, which again, a lot of you probably don't know that because I really don't talk about it too much, but been a drummer since age three and I take my music seriously. Uh, and, and the Charlie was one of my all time favorites. And in fact, I will say this, there are two reasons why I told my parents at the age of 15, I wanted to be in North Carolina by the time I was 35, um, to live. And they were Charlie Daniels and Richard Petty. That's awesome. Yes, because that my impression of what North Carolina life was came from those two and and because Charlie was born here in North Carolina and then ended up moving to Tennessee and is is and that's where he passed away. He was in Mount Juliet for years. But um but he there was a song called Carolina I Remember You and if you listen to the lyrics of that song, he made North Carolina sound like the ultimate place to live and I I mean Richard Petty and NASCAR, I wanted to be here and that's why I'm here. That's awesome. That's See, why I'm here. I agree. This is my second gun punch of the year as well. I mean, lost my grandfather earlier Oof. this year, uh, back in February. Sorry and, to hear that. Um, sorry to hear that. 
his one of his favorite songs was actually by Charlie Daniels, and it was Uneasy Rider. Oh, so, I mean, uh, which one? You know, the first one, or there, the, there was two? The original. The original. Okay. And yeah. He used to always just—that's what he would want to hear. That was one of his favorite songs. So, you know, same year he lost his favorite singer and favorite song, and Ugh. and them. So it's my second one of the year as well. So losing Charlie, you know, that's something that means a lot to me. And the devil went down to Georgia when I was a little <laughs> boy. I remember singing that song as a little yep. kid. That's yep. what I was raised on. So losing Charlie, it's definitely a a, a big uh, gut punch today. Yeah, there's just a but, whole. But what about Joe Diffie? He well, but I mean, look, there have been a lot of musicians this year that have that have passed, and I don't want to disrespect or take away from any of them. But I'm just my personal perspective. I love, I like Joe Diffie. Um, Third oh, yeah. Rock from the Sun. Third that was Rock a great from the song. Sun. But Charlie, for me, just had an extraordinary. He his his music was part of the soundtrack of my life. And uh, I, can't, uh, I can't begin to tell you how, how sad I was to, fu- to see that earlier. And yes, I shed a few tears today. So um, just a, a big loss, not only for the music world, but he was a great patriot as well. And, and just uh, he had a blog that he would write. And um, if you go back and go to his Facebook page or his Twitter, there's all kinds of, and he also was, he was a man of God and, and, uh, was saved and, and, um, just, um, he was an extraordinary man. So, um, we're going to miss him. Okay. Speaking of extraordinary men, breaking news. That's as close to Jacob Seelman as I get with that. John force is not going, not going to the first NHRA race this weekend. Um, due to, uh, COVID basically. No, he doesn't have it. Okay. But, it's kind of I'm staying away kind of thing. They are going to have fans at this race, um, but John Force is not attending. So neither John nor his organization will be um, at uh, the opening race this weekend. Now, um, it doesn't say it has been an, not been announced. By the way, the opening race is at Lucas Oil Raceway. Speaking of, uh, they have a drag strip and an oval there. Yeah, it's right up to, um, and that's right in uh, the heartland for those guys too, because a lot of them have. It's in shops Brownsville. Out. Yeah, and their well, county, Brownsburg. Brownsburg. Sorry, yeah. their county. Um, we were allowed when I went to the Indy Summer Nationals. We were allowed half grandstand, which would have been five thousand people. We didn't draw that many, but that's we were allowed five five thousand. Um, so. But, you know, it's what it says in the release is that um, he's not uh, because of the the COVID situation. It does not say if he'll run the second race or not. Uh, Hmm. So I guess we'll just. But boy, I'm going to tell you what an NHRA race without John Force would be like watching a a PBA golf tournament without Tiger Woods. Yes, not as fun. It's. It's not that I, I mean, I'm not a big golfer, so it was probably for me personally, probably bad analogy, but the point I'm making is there are an awful lot of great personalities in NHRA and I don't want to disrespect any of them, but John Force is, he's a force, like Like he's the man. The way to, another way to say it, I know this is a bad one as well, but it was like watching Atlanta after we lost Senior. It was like watching the first cup race without yeah, Senior a, the, being yeah, there. There's a void there. I know right? it was. I know Senior passed I away. He yeah. didn't. No, I. But you're not right. a ten. But it's just. I mean, I. I will still watch NHRA race or the, the NHRA race, but it's going to feel strange to not have that that interview and that energy and enthusiasm. So um, we'll see. He's 71 years old. Um, he is kind of at that age. I mean, he's certainly in the category of susceptibility, but. Um, 
you know, we'll just see where that goes. But yeah, that was some breaking news that came across the um, uh, came across the wires. We're doing the show. So I wanted to make sure that you knew about that um, going forward. Okay, Um, so and and I'm just looking now just just at this moment at Twitter. Um, One of Charlie Daniels tweets. It's not the miles you can travel, but the progress you can accomplish that makes the day successful. Let's all make the day count. Boy, oh boy. Um, Does that ring uh, so true? Okay, so we've got um, Howie D. Savino with us, been with us the whole show long. I warned you this was going to be a different show. Uh, (laughs) So uh, um, talk about where we can follow you for those fans who would like to tune into what you're doing. Where can we follow you on social? How do we stay in touch? You can follow me on Instagram as Howie D. Savino or on Facebook. It's Howie D. Savino third slash HD three racing. And on Twitter it's a is HD, uh, HD Savino, I believe. Yes, you are correct. HD Savino. I had to look that up earlier cause I forgot it, but yeah, it was HD Savino. And, uh, interesting that you're, um, you're, you're looking at a mix of ARC and trucks going forward. I know you gotta be excited to make the truck debut. Um, just trying to figure out where that's going to happen. And, um, the whole truck series schedule for the rest of the season, I don't think is known yet, as far as I know. Yeah, it isn't known yet, so it's hard for us to really plan out where we're going to go. They had uh, some standalones that have to be accounted for. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's part of it. We're just waiting, and uh, we'll get done soon. So, that's all well, that matters to me. It's been fun to have you here, and uh, we, we look forward to doing it uh, a little more as, as we go forward here. Um, and so, we've got. Uh, what okay is that two minutes to music okay so we got two minutes left in the show okay so let's talk about kentucky a little bit i want to go around the table here and let's get some picks for the cup race at kentucky this weekend um (laughs) i'm gonna start with james mellick if you're listening to this show for the first time at this minute he's the teardown guy for chris bell who are you picking to win i don't have any bias at all i have no you don't have any bias none but at 95 sounds like a good pick this week. Let's go with Chris I, Bell. Uh, honest to God, I could see that happening at Kentucky. I, could I think too. this is a track where you get first-time winners here. I think this is a track Chris Bell could do it. Howie DiSavino, are you going to pick Chris Bell or are you going with somebody else? I'm going to go with someone else. Who are you going with? I think I'm going to go with Brad Kozlowski. Well, Brad is one of the top guys at Kentucky. That's a really, really good pick. Um, I'm going to tell you, for some reason, I'm feeling Clint Boyer. This weekend, I am really feeling Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is one of these drivers. I feel like one of these weeks he's going to win. He's going to win like two more. You know, he's he knows he's closer to the end than the beginning. And, you know, and Clint is a guy. I mean, I would almost he's another one. I'd almost hate to lose him out of the car every week. But boy, would I just like to see him somehow tied to the booth for cup races as well as for uh, the Xfinity races that he already does. So uh, I'm going to pick Clint Boyer. Um, okay, so I'm going to close this again with uh, we're going to hear the rest of High Speed Heroes. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, Charlie Daniels was the man. We're going to miss him. Rest in peace, Charlie. And uh, Godspeed to his family, friends, and all who loved him. And we will be back with more of Lead Lap next week here in the WSIC studios. I'm Tom Baker. Good night. It is pedal to metal, a rivet up and change gears, and the sound of Sunday thunder is sweet music to his ears. There's a pile up on the back street.
mind goes back to other days and the ones who came before. There's Richard, Daryl, Herbie, Davy, Lee, and Kale. And in the second turn's very place where old fireball hit the rail. Dale Earnhardt took the long ride. He didn't go alone. He just drove off into glory. And the angels took him been listening to lead lap radio powered by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com lead lap radio is a race chaser media production for more exciting and passionate motorsport content follow race chaser media on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and visit racechasermedia.com the opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.